we're in John chapter 21. We're going to start here at verse 3. Jesus has come down off the cross and been resurrected by the power of God. And, and we find that his disciples have gone back to doing what they know best. They've gone back to fishing. Amen. And here we pick up in verse 3 where Peter says, I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, them being the other disciples. And they said, we'll go with you. Amen. So Peter had some people following behind him. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. Oh, Lord. Not much of a fisherman if you don't catch anything. Amen. <laughs> Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? I look around at night. For laymen. And I say, friends, come on now, have you any fish? No, they answered, he said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, when they did, when they finally did what he said, do, amen, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of a fish. Amen. You may be seen in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. If I were preaching tonight, if I were licensed to do such a thing in the church, amen, I would be preaching from the topic of, what are you fishing for? I said, what are you fishing for? I marveled at the number of lakes and tributaries and streams and ponds that I drove across on my way up here to the church tonight. And as I looked at God's creation, I said, Lord, you're giving me confirmation as my eyes lay upon your creation and I'm talking about the right thing tonight. Amen. We often are sitting back wondering in our churches and in our ministries, how can we go about drawing and pulling in men into our congregations? How can we build our churches to become more and more masculine where they have more men in the pews than women sitting in the pews? Amen. Uh-huh. Uh, the Bible tells me that God made them male and female. Amen. That he didn't create a half-sided creation. Amen. That he created a creation that was complete with male and female Members, amen. amen. And this is the same image that God would like us to have in the church, but the question is tonight, what are we fishing for? All amen. Right. All right. We, seem, we seem to be able to catch plenty of women, but we have fa- failing to catch the men that ultimately come into contact and ultimately relationship with these women. Amen. Right. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to women who are frustrated and, and, and disheartened when they talk about their, their husbands and, and, and they're staying at home on Sundays and won't come to church. That when they go back home and, and talk about what the preacher said, he looks at them with all kind of disdain and, con- and, and contempt in his eyes because he can't stand here his wife talk so much about another man. Come on, now. And then you start talking about Jesus on top of that. Amen. He's been at home waiting on you to cook for him and you come back home talking about Jesus. Amen. I grew up in such a home. Amen. I grew up in such a home where I saw my mother browbeat and fight with my father tooth and nail about the truth of God's word. It was my mother who brought me to church, who took me to church in revival. And in those one of those revivals, I got saved. Amen. It is my mother who built me up into a godly man. But then my father, oh my Lord, he is not so. And it's a shameful thing, men. Men, 
When your family has to become saved and godly and filled with the Holy Spirit in spite of you. It's a shameful thing. Shameful thing. So as we sit back here tonight and we ponder the question of what are we fishing for and how do we draw men to fish into the church, amen. I've got three points I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to discuss with you this evening. We're going to talk about the location, we're going to talk about the net, and we're going to talk about the result. All right. I think that's fine, amen. You'll be able to get home tonight, amen. We're going to talk about the location, the net, and the result. Yeah, yeah. When you talk about fishing and you move into a new area and you and you really fish, amen. Some folks just like talking about fishing, but if you really fish, amen, you're gonna look for good fishing water, amen. Well, you're gonna look for some place to fish, amen. And the best way to find out where to fish, Rem White, is you have to ask somebody who fishes, where can I catch? Oh, there it is, church. Fish. It seems pretty simple, amen. It seems like a pretty simple way to go about finding fish. I'm going to find somebody who's always got a rod and reel and a boat and a bucket full of brand and catfish. I'm going to ask, where are you fishing at? Amen. It's important to understand that to fish effectively, we have to know where the fish are at. Now, to locate fish, we talk to experienced fishermen who know the best fishing locations. Amen. Amen. You can ask some people where to fish, and they'll just send you to some creek in the back of the woods. They don't seem like there's much to it, but you'll come back with a bucket full of fish. Amen. Because that's their fishing hole. Amen. And a good fisherman won't tell you the best place to fish. He'll tell you a good place to fish. Amen. Because he's going to go fish in the best place himself. Yeah. So we have to ask and, and, and inquire of the people around us with the knowledge about the fish, where are you fishing at? All right. Then we have to know what type of fish, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting warmed up now, right. what type of fish we're fishing for, amen. Right. So you can't catch every kind of fish in every kind of water. Oh, that's good there now. That's good there now. Yeah. If I'm trying to catch Atlantic salmon, I got to fish out in the Atlantic Ocean, amen. I can't go to Alatoona looking to catch salmon, amen. Amen. Y'all got that. Amen. Now, if this location is so important to catching a particular kind of fish, if we take this metaphor and this symbolic parable and example from Scripture and we begin to apply it to our ministry and to our district, we might come away. If you give me time tonight, we might come away with a solution to where are the fish, the men that we're trying to catch. Now, I want to make sure I make this point about location crystal clear tonight, amen. You have to fish where the fish are at, amen. Amen. Now, me, I I did a little bit of fishing growing up, not too much, but just a little bit of fishing, and and, and I know how this thing works. I, I realized when I was a young boy, that I would fish from the edge, amen. They would give me a cane reed pole or, or, or a brim buster, amen, to fish around the edge with, amen. And I would catch a certain kind of fish, amen. I'd catch brim or little small fish. But then if a catfish got on my reed pole, he'd break my line and break my pole, amen. And I would, I would be sad because that was a big fish in my mind that Got away, amen. Amen. Some of you fishermen say, I would have pulled him in, brother. Amen. Amen. 
But I would remember fishing with this cane pole and this brim buster. And then I remember how I would catch a small amount of fish. But then when I got older, I, I saved up my money and, and, and I went and bought a, a rod and reel, amen. And I could cast my, my rod and reel out a little bit deeper into the water, amen. And then I could deal with that catfish that would get on the line. And I could reel them on in, amen. But I remember on the third point of it all was that when I sure enough wanted to fish... And my dad would take us out into the, into the water on his boat in the middle of the pond. That's when I caught the best fish of my life. Amen. Now I said, now this is, this is interesting to me because the closer I got to the water, the closer that I got to the habitat of the fish, oh, there it is. The closer I got to the place where the fish were living, the closer I got to the place where the fish were swimming around, the closer where I got to, to the fish, where they were hanging around and eating and talking and socializing, and where, they, where the families were at, that's when I caught good fish, amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I said to myself, now, if I'm observing this, maybe this is a biblical concept. And we see here in Mark, Mark chapter 2, for those people who like to take notes, that Jesus even shows us that in ministry work, oh, here it is, that if you really want to catch people and draw people and bring people into relationship with the Lord, that you got to sit down at the table in their house and, and minister to them. Amen. Amen. He went to Levi's house. He made himself comfortable in Levi's house. And people of the time, they looked around and said, oh, why is Jesus, this preacher and this holy man, why is he sitting around eating with sinners? But my God told them in, in, in such a profound way, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but it's the sick who need a doctor. Amen. I have not come for the righteous, but I have come for sinners. Amen. Now, if that is the formula that Jesus used to find his fishing location, oh, there it is, then what makes me think I'm any different than my Lord and my Savior? Yeah, I'm going to catch a man, his heart, by sitting back in the church, miles and miles away from his house. Oh, I know I'm in heaven. I know. I know I'm in heaven. Y'all got quiet, so y'all must have got that point. Amen. He tells us repeatedly that we have to find people where they're at. We evangelize. Unfortunately, we evangelize Sunday after Sunday after Sunday inside the church. Theoretically speaking, hypothetically speaking, kind of kidding, you would think everybody in the church is saved, amen? So if we're preaching, and you can help me with this, Reverend Carwell, if we're preaching Sunday after Sunday after Sunday to fish that's already in my cooler. Am I really fishing? I'm just, I just make sure am I fishing? I might just be sitting around the pond. Church, when all we do is preach to save folk. 
Amen. Jesus said he didn't come for the healthy. Amen. But he came for the sick. He didn't come for the righteous. Amen. He came for the unrighteous. He came for sinners. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about this location. And you got to understand that you got to go where people are unsaved. Where people don't know the Lord. You got to go into some places that you wouldn't feel comfortable by normal means and circumstances. You got to get close to the fish, amen. And then when you get close to the fish, you got to have something to catch the fish with. You're going to need a net, amen. A net was the tool the fishermen used to catch fish. That ain't too hard to understand there, amen. It was the tool that the fishermen used to catch fish. This, this design of tool has been so effective over thousands of years that this design hasn't changed very much. Right. People still use nets right now, similar to the same net that Peter was casting out and the disciples were casting out in this very scripture that we are looking at. People still use those same types of nets. That net is so effective that it is still being used right now, today. Now, the net is interesting because the net works by surrounding the fish. It captures the fish. It surrounds the fish. It, it colors, amen, the fish. It wraps the fish up so that when the fisherman yanks on the net and begins to draw it in, it comes back with fish inside of it, amen, that have been caught in the net. Now, you say to yourself, what kind of net do I have to fish with to catch the heart of men? You have been given the word of God. Oh, you didn't shout enough there. Now, I can tell you, this, I can tell you something right now. <clears throat> you might think that by having the biggest, baddest sanctuary, by having the best dinner after church, by having the nicest pews, by having the, the rockingest choir, by having the biggest, baddest parking lot and, and, and shining fleet buses and stuff outside your church, you might think all of that is going to catch people and draw them into your church. But, but, but God has told us that the thing that catches people and saves mankind is his word. It is his word. It is his word. It's his word. Romans 10, 17 says, faith cometh by hearing. Yeah. And hearing by the word of God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Faith is what saves people. Yeah. And it comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. All right. You will not be able to catch and fish and do any of the things that God has called you to do in evangelism, in outreach, in the Great Commission, if you do not have a powerful, dynamic understanding of the word of God. Yes, you are doing spiritual battle when you walk up to an unsaved person and you contend for their soul. You are fighting for their very soul in the hand of Satan. You are trying to take out of Satan's hand by the power of God what Satan has claimed possession over. Their soul. So you have to go there prepare for war. But thank God that what God told us that he gave us his word it is sharper than any two and soul. And he said his word is so powerful that when it goes forth, it's going oh, to come back on that void unto him. Uh-huh. Oh, you don't understand what void is. When you cast out that net, uh-huh. if you keep casting that net out, when you draw it in, it's going to have fish in it. Yeah. It's going to have fish in it. God's word. Not Jameson's word. 
Not your word. God's word. And if I got some of them grandma Christians in here, not what your grandma or some old person told you, but what God has said. Amen. Grandma ain't God. And you can't save people based on what grandma told you. Unless what grandma told you is the word of God. You need the word of God to fish and draw in men and catch men. The gospel is a simple message. Jesus Christ, the son of God, was born of a virgin, lived a perfect blameless life, cast out demons, healed the sickness that was on earth, opened the ears of the dead, opened the eyes of the blind, was, was, was falsely accused by men, hung on a cross and died for the sins of mankind, got up three days later with all power in his hand, went back home 40 days later triumphant to the Father, and he now is at the right hand of the Father, interceding for each and every believer who calls upon his name. seconds, amen, I counted. So if, you, if I can tell it in 15, you can go at home and take as long as you want to. We can preach to that hard-headed uncle, that hard-headed brother, that hard-headed son, that hard-headed husband. You can keep on preaching to him, amen. amen. If, you take, if, it, if you can do that for 15, that 15 seconds, every day, until they get it, amen, until they find themselves in that net, until they find themselves running to somebody's altar crying, I yield, I yield, then you have done what the apostles did. You've done what God has asked you to do. You have contended for the hearts and the souls of the men in your family. I'm wrapping up now. If I was ordained, I'd have to preach 15 more minutes. Amen. So thank God I'm not ordained. Amen. Y'all got that one. The result. Amen. Somebody said, let him have his way. Amen. We'll do that. The result. Amen. As the 7th District, when we look at our churches and we ask the question that we've been pondering tonight, what are we fishing for? Where are the men? We have to really and ask the question, how are we fishing? How are we fishing? How are we fishing? I, I'm going to say something and, 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 and I hope that the Lord give me the strength to say this. This is a different day in time, amen? amen. It's a different day in time. And, and, and it's by God's grace that he's still granting us favor and saving men and bringing men into the church. Amen. But our families are making demands upon our time. Our jobs make demands upon our time. Amen. Our social groups that we hang in and our friends and our buddies make demands on our time. And we have now found ourselves in a time where men have, have, have fewer priorities for the Lord and more priorities for the things around them in the world. Amen. Amen. Everybody can't do what it is that we are calling them to do because of time. So we have to fight for them and help them understand that only what you do for God will last. Over time might help keep the lights on a little bit longer. But only what you do for God will last. Yeah, Amen. Yeah. You might can buy another car with that money you done saved up from overtime. But only what God, what you do for God will last. Amen. And I want to really say something to the brothers here tonight. Your home needs you to know the Lord. Say it now. Your family needs you to know the Lord. Think about what kind of power spiritually you and your wife would command. If you would get down on your knees with her one night and pray for the same things that she's praying for. Yeah. Yeah. What 
dominion would you have in your household to cast out demons and spirits and ideologies that are infesting our children day by day? If you and your wife would come together, acknowledge the one who has true power and call on his name to deal with these things. You got quiet there, amen. I understand. I understand. It's still the truth, amen. Amen. God wants you as a man to lead your house spiritually. Your wife is tired of wearing out her knees when you go to bed at night without you doing what you're supposed to be doing. Come on. You were made to lead your home. The contract's with you, man. Oh, I, I, I didn't want to teach this tonight. I didn't want to teach this tonight. Don't believe this feminized nonsense that Oprah and all these folks on TV are preaching. That, that, that beside every good woman is a good man and beside every good man is a good woman the Bible says that the head of a good woman is a good man yeah. who's saying that the head of that man is Christ, amen, amen. oh I got, y'all got quiet there Come on now. let me keep on stepping on toes amen, I'm going to put all this weight on them toes, amen because I don't have to come back up here to Dome, Georgia, amen amen, I live in Woodstock you have to understand that Satan wants you to be confused about the dominion and power you have in your home. Come on now. He wants you confused. He wants you sitting back asking your wife every decision in the house. He wants you sitting back abdicating your spiritual responsibility to your wife. He wants you sitting back talking about as long as, as, long as we got peace, I'm fine. No! Come on now. Leave your house. Yeah, 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 yeah. good. See, unsaved men, we done got we, we got slick. <laughs> we'll come in the house one day and preach about I'm supposed to be the heir of the household. That's all we know of church. I'm supposed to be the head of the household. When we are supposed to be led by Christ, amen. Yes, 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 and sisters, I got a word for you too. Keep on holding on. Peter said that by your submission unto that ungodly, unsaved man, that he will eventually have his heart turned by seeing your example through your submission. Amen. Oh, I know that's happy too. Amen. 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 We have to understand what God has called us to do. And when we understand how to fish in the right location, amen, when we understand the right, the right net, then Lord knows we'll have a bountiful catch when we, when we cast our net on the right side, amen. Jesus told them where to fish on the right side of the boat, amen. He said fish on that side, amen. We need to admit right now that we've been fishing on this side of the boat, amen. And repent and turn, oh there's that turning around, amen. And fish on this side of the boat, the right side of the boat. My prayer is that God keeps you and that you make it home safely this evening. Amen. God bless you. Amen.